You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. Father, if there's anyone who hears my voice in this sanctuary right now who is here today that has never given their heart to Jesus Christ, been filled with the Holy Spirit, and be, be, been made brand new, we pray that this is their day to receive new life, like those four people this morning, God. Multiply your kingdom, we pray. Father, if anyone came in here sick in their body, struggling financially, depressed, oppressed, feeling lonely, believing for a spouse, whatever it might be, a marriage in trouble, Father, thank you that you are good, <laughs> and our eyes are upon you. And we see you on your throne. Nothing has changed. Holy Spirit, speak to your people through me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew chapter 28, in verse 19, it says, Go and make disciples of all nations. This is what Jesus said. One of the last things he said to his disciples. You see, because God has a mission, but you have a decision. The decision is, is will you carry out your mission? I like Mission Impossible, as you can tell. I was in the lobby after our first service talking with three young people, and they've never seen Mission Impossible. I was like, you missed it. How many of you remember the TV show Mission Impossible? Lord Jesus, we need to get a younger congregation. That thing was like in black and white. <laughs> remember that? Hallelujah, you saw the reruns. I want to see him because I never see him anymore. But um, the mission is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see that? You're not on this mission alone. It's a co-mission because it's together with God. And with God, you cannot fail. He's never going to let, he's never going to let you down. I'm going to be singing all day, so get used to it. But you know what? There are times, as a pastor, there are times for everyone that you lose your, you sort of like lose your way, you lose your focus, you know? And I realize, you know, and, and it happens in church. See, because you know what the problem in church is? It has people in it. And I like to say the answer to every problem is a person, but also most of the time, your problem is a person or people, you know? And you know what? There's always going to be people because you're there. I said there's always going to be people because you're there. <laughs> Many times we're the problem to a person. Let's do our best to be a solution because there's a world out there that's lost that needs Jesus. But, you know, it's like you start to focus. The, the enemy, he gets you to focus on these stupid little things. And you end up becoming an ingrown church. Anybody ever, ever have an ingrown toenail? Oh, that's horrible. I never did, but that sounds really bad. And it looks disgusting, I think. Ugh. Or an ingrown hair. I don't even want to stay in this stuff in church. But ingrown things can hurt you. You know, and if you look at all these little things in church, sometimes everything can bother you, you know, 
I don't like that song. I don't like that song. I don't like the pastor. Too. Why doesn't he stay up on the pulpit? Why is he, you know? And before you know it, you've lost your focus. And it happens to me. You know, trying to buy a building next door. You're trying to expand your church. You wonder why every seat isn't full. You start to focus on these things. And it's just the enemy. It's just the enemy. And uh, the Lord said, Isaiah chapter 6. You remember that? He said to me, remember that? Guess what? Look at Isaiah chapter 6. I love it. The book of Isaiah, by the way, has how many books? 66 books. The Bible has how many books? 66 books. By somebody's count, the New Testament quotes the book of Isaiah 66 times. Some people say 55, 66, whatever. It's just kind of cool. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah, like the first 39 books of the Old Testament, seem to focus on the law. The last 27 books seem to focus on grace in Jesus Christ. Just some cool little stuff. But we know this. It's funny, Isaiah chapter 6, you would think, would be Isaiah chapter 1. Because it seems like here is where Isaiah the prophet is getting his calling. And it says, in the year that King Uzziah died. So the first thing it starts out with is a, is a time frame. Now, King Uzziah was a great king. Really the last of the great kings of Judah. And the rabbis say that after he died, that the Shekinah glory disappeared. That's what they say. Woo, that was cool. God bless you, or whatever that was. That was like in between a cough and a sneeze. I don't, you could never do that again, could you? So King Isaiah died. Well, at least somebody's awake. King Uzziah died. You know, at the end of his life, he made some mistakes. He got leprosy and he died. But when he was around, he's the king that they said, as long as he did what the Lord said, that everybody prospered. Amen? So he dies. They, they believe he was Isaiah's cousin. All this stuff is just little tidbits to the point that Isaiah got a vision when King Uzziah died. And you know what? There comes a time in your life when you need a vision. And God gave me a vision when I was on the beach. Okay, don't get mad at me. I was on the beach. It was way too hot. I don't necessarily love the beach. I know some of you love that. I'm sizzling, and I'm like, God, I'm just thinking about all these things that God said. Stop. Get a vision. And I got a vision of people getting saved and the church filling up and the walls coming down and us reaching North Brunswick and Edison and Middlesex County and, and, and the state and the country and the world. And I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to stop because I started to get fired up. I was hot enough already. Because you know what? Without a vision, people perish. It says that in, is that Proverbs 29, 18? What we have there, in the, is it Proverbs? We have in the Message Bible. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are the most blessed. So if God gives me a vision, if God gives you a vision, you have to attend to it. You want to be blessed or do you want to be a mess? Guess what? God doesn't bless a mess. So Isaiah got a vision. And in that vision, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 6. It says that he got this vision, and here's the first thing he saw. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. 
that he met. He saw the Lord sitting on the throne. How many of you know it's a good vision when you see the Lord? And he saw him sitting on the throne. If you see a vision with God somewhere else, that isn't God's vision. I said, if you see a vision with God somewhere else, that isn't God's vision. He is seated on the throne forever and ever and ever and ever. And he needs to be on the throne of your life no matter what you're going through. If your marriage is a mess, he's on the throne. If your business is a mess, he's on the throne. If your family's a mess, he's still on the throne. I take heart in the fact that no matter what's going on, he's on the throne. High and lifted up. Sometimes we put things on the throne. We put ourselves on the throne. Let him be on the throne of your life. Sometimes we lose our way. But we can come right back and look at where he is and see that he is on the throne and it hasn't changed. You know, in John chapter 12, verse 41, it says that when Isaiah was talking, when he was having this vision, he was seeing Jesus himself. He was seeing the King of kings and the Lord of lords himself. No matter what's going on, he is on the throne. Next thing, verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 6, it says this. Above that throne stood seraphim. Seraphim means burning ones, burning ones. Everybody say burning ones. There you go. With, and these burning ones each had six wings. Two covered the face, two covered the feet or the lower body, and with two they flew around. Interesting creatures, huh? And this is what they flew around and did. They cried to one another, and they said, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord of hosts. In some translations, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let's try being like those angels for a second. Let's look at someone and go, holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. 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 Is the Lord of hosts. Is the Lord of hosts. Let's try that again. Listen, they did it so loud that the place shook. I want you to look at somebody, and I want you, when I count to three, I want you to say, holy, holy. Like, now, holy, holy, holy is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's like you're seeing the Trinity. It's, you're in the throne room of God. You think they were excited? They were so excited that they just couldn't stop saying it. So look at someone when I'm in the count of three and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Ready? One, two, three. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Holy. They were on fire. <laughs> the fire wasn't hurting them. They were fire. They were saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. What is his glory? It's his goodness. It's his nature. He is good, good, oh. Let's try that together. Ready? He is good, good, oh. Not as good as you, Sarah. 
whole earth is full of his goodness. It's everywhere. Christ in us, the hope of glory, the hope of goodness. But there are people out there that don't have that glory in them. They don't have that goodness in them. And if you do, your mission is to bring it to them, to awaken it in them. God's goodness and his favor is everywhere. Everywhere. It reminds me of like when we go to a venue that all the parking spaces are taken. And we go into the place and Alicia wants to have a space close up. I don't care. I'm trying to run up steps on my Fitbit. So I figure if I park far away, I'll get some steps. So I'll start to drive out. You know when you, you can't find a spot and you find that like parking lot where there's only like dirt, there's only like grass or something. And you're perfectly well fine to go over there. I am. And she's like, nope, we have God's favor. Now you go around this parking lot. <laughs> That's what she does. And you know what happens, right? Somebody pulls out and she goes, favor of the Lord. Because she knows he is good, good. Oh. Because the whole earth is full of his goodness. Our problem is sometimes we just don't know it. And there's a whole world of people that don't know it. Mark 16. In verse 5, there's another time when Jesus was talking, verse 15, when he was talking to them right before he left, he said this, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Some people say that we can share the gospel with dogs. I don't believe it. But we just bought two puppies. I can't believe we did this. My daughters are in the city sending us little Snapchats. Oh, they're so cute and everything. I'm like, sure, how much are they? Let me tell you something, they cost more than kids now. I'm like, dang. <laughs> so I was like, you offer that guy this, and we'll see what happens. They go, he'll took it. I'm like, oh, geez. I didn't go low enough. I got six kids, and I'm about to have three dogs. I need help, people. <laughs> he is good, good, oh. But he said, preach the good news to everybody. Preach the good news to everybody. Are we telling people good news? Hmm? I mean, this whole election cycle is about bad news. Who can be more negative than the other? You know? I was telling the people in the first service, I would like to be in one of those debates. And what do you have to say, Joseph Adabai? He is good, good. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> and then halfway through the debate, can I say something? We need to pray. How cool would that be? I'm running for president just so I can do that. I just want to do that. I just want to do that. This year, I'd probably get elected. But uh, <laughs> I want to run for president. I was just going to go. He's good. Oh. But it's just crazy. It's like negative is winning the day at times, right? We got to preach good 
news to people in this season. We're in the season of harvest. Jesus said the fields are ripe unto harvest. Let's go get them. <laughs> I'm on fire. <laughs> Look what happened with Isaiah then in the next verse. Hallelujah. See, when they were going holy, 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 oh, set apart, set apart. Fantastic, fantastic. Receive the Lord of hosts. And Isaiah's outside of this room. He, there's like a door frame, and he's looking at it. It's kind of like the Twilight Zone. You know, he sees this door frame, and something's going on. There's weird creatures in there going, holy, holy, holy. He's just peeking in. He gets to peek in through that door. And it says that the posts of that door were shaken by the voice of those angels that cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Oh, if we would worship the Lord and the church would shake. Oh, if we would worship the Lord and the smoke would fill the sanctuary. Oh, if we could worship like they did. We can. I said we can. I said we can. I said we can. And the dead, that everyone that walks through those doors comes in with an attitude, an expectation, a purpose to worship the Lord like the seraphim, this building will shake. And there will be smoke in here, and it won't be about from that fog machine I'm thinking of getting. <laughs> I was at Guitar Center the other day with lights, and he goes, here, now watch. The laser lights work with the fog machine. I'm like, oh, God, I got to get me one of those. <laughs> but you know what? We can make our own fog if we can worship like the burning seraphim. Amen? So after Isaiah's watching this whole thing, what does he do? He looks at himself and says, I'm a mess. I'm undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips. Out of my lips are not coming holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty day and night. Out of my lips is coming negativity. Out of my lips, and, and I'm with a people who are saying the same stuff. Does that hurt? Do you feel that one? He's like, these creatures can stand in the presence of God even though they're cut their eyes, tell them, but they can go, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They are focused on him. They see him. They were set apart. I got news for you. They were set apart because they were in a place where he wasn't. And he was like, oh, my God, look at me. Kind of like Peter. Remember when Jesus came? Peter couldn't catch anything all day, and Jesus came, and and he said, go out and go fishing again. And Peter's like, all right, because you said so. Goes out. And then Jesus says, put the net out on the right side of the boat. And they're like, okay, since you said so. They put the net out, and what happens? They catch so much fish that they can't even fit him in the boat. And Peter falls down on his knees and says, leave me, for I am a sinful man. That's like Jesus telling you to play the lottery. You win, and then you're like, leave. Like, he's a fisherman. He's caught more fish than he ever has in his life. And he's like, leave. Because he saw God's goodness and he couldn't handle it. And you know, some Christians are like that. It's like you can't even be happy with a blessing. 
I know not you. I mean, after you met me, you just got happier and happier. That was the biggest blessing of your life. Amen. Can I get an amen, sister? <laughs> it's like we can't even enjoy prosperity for a moment. But you know what? Yeah, he was unclean, but he was about to be made clean. He was about to be made clean. Look at verse 6. One of those burning ones flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongue from the altar and touched my mouth with it. The last place I want a hot coal, I might try to walk on hot coals. No, I won't. Anybody here ever walk on hot coals? Oh, my God. We got some, Raise your hand high so I can know who the crazies are. All right, thank you. I guess you made it. And what it do for you? <laughs> a little burn here and there, but no, no, it's awesome. Great, walk on hot coals. A lot of faith takes a walk on hot coals. Let me tell you something. You know what I'd be like? I'd be like, I'm gonna walk on those hot coals. <laughs> but the last place you want, you know, when you put something in the microwave, right? How many of you do that? I do it without a top on. And guess what happens? I get yelled at. The big splatter. I'm like, there's nothing. Oh, jeez, I'm dead. But you put like a bowl of soup in there or something, and you put it in there, and you put it on that sensor heat thing, you know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden you hear, and you're like, oh, I think this might be done. And you take it out, and you're so hungry. This is what I do, and I'm like, ah! Did you ever burn your mouth? Like for days, I'm like, Lisa, you don't know. Uh, give me some ice cream, hurry. The last place you want to be burnt is on your tongue. But they came with the coal to touch his tongue because he said, I am a man of what? Unclean lips. How many of you could use a little hot coal on your tongue? I know my kids, it's like, when we were kids, they washed your mouth out with soap. You know what I mean? Anybody here ever get that? They take, yeah? We do it to each other now. Amen, that's cool. Imagine that. It was much better that then because the only soap was ivory. Imagine they put like zest or something in your mouth. <laughs> but you know, we all could use a, a coal on our tongue every once in a while. But the great thing is, is it didn't burn them. It only burned away. It didn't burn them. It only burned away. It didn't burn them. It only burned away. It's the same thing like Jesus on the altar. He took the punishment. We didn't get burned, but our sins got burned away. Amen? And now we're fiery ones. We fiery ones. You know, that fire on the altar in heaven was started by God, and it's a fire that never goes out. And some of us are embers. We were fired up. And we've been focusing on other things. And we've been in the fire. We haven't been moving. We haven't been. What happens to them coals that don't move? You almost don't even know. Are they still hot? But then you move them with the poker. And they start to be hot. Some of us could use a poker tonight. In Zechariah chapter 3. 
it says this. Joshua, the high priest at the time, it was a vision that Zechariah got. He was before the Lord, and Satan was standing there opposing him, accusing him. Satan is an accuser. His job is to accuse you. His job is to say, you're not good enough, you're not forgiven, you're not worthy, you'll never take, carry out your mission, you, you're ugly, you're fugly, you're lazy, you're stupid, you're all these things. I mean, you have beautiful young women who look in the mirror and see an ugly person. Like, it defies reality. But that's the liar, the accuser. And then the Lord said to Satan, I love it. This is what the Lord says to Satan. The Lord, it's like third person, the Lord rebuke you. And by looking at that from now on, if Satan's bothering me, I'm going to say, the Lord rebuke you. Because when the Lord rebukes you, you're rebuked. Sometimes when I rebuke you, you're not rebuked. But the Lord rebuke you. And the Lord has chosen, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem. In other words, the Lord who has chosen us. See, we are chosen. We are God's special people, yet we let that knucklehead tell us something that God hasn't told us. We're listening to someone who is a liar and an accuser where God has literally chosen us. And this is where he got us. From a, he plucked us from the fire. How many of you used to burn but for the wrong reason? Come on now. I remember, you know, I'm from way back, young kids. I used to go to the disco all the time. I was on the dance floor, burn, baby, burn, disco inferno. And I always think back on that, and I think, what was I saying? Think about that for a second. Or hot, 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 dun, 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 hot, hot. You know, like, but that's a different fire. That's a different fire. I was going to burn, all right? I was going to burn in the place where the fire doesn't go out, but it burns you. Amen? But how many of you were plucked from that fire? How many of you were plucked from that fire? Come on now. God went in there, and he said, oh, look at that Monique. She's on fire there. Whoa, let me put her into the kingdom. Let me take that Leah and put her in the kingdom. Let me take that Debbie put her in the kingdom. Let me take Todd and put him into the kingdom. Because as much as you burn then, you can burn hotter now. I'm going to tell you right now. You know what? People say to me, how do you make it to 2 o'clock? You're still yelling. You're still praising. You're still jumping. You know why? Because I used to do it for four days. Without sleep and without food. So he'll take that fire you had then and he'll use it for his fire. Now, but that fire doesn't hurt you. He took that fire from the altar and he put it on his tongue. It didn't burn him. It set him on fire. It set Isaiah on fire. And then Isaiah had to go preach the gospel to a bunch of people that didn't want to hear it. We get to preach it with the whole earth being full of his glory. Do you know there's a bunch of people out there? You never know. You go in, you share the gospel, and they're like, I've been waiting for this my whole life. Where you been? We always assume 
that when we share it, we're going to get a negative response. But isn't the whole earth full of his glory? I said, isn't the whole earth full of his glory? Isn't the whole earth full of his glory? So his glory's there, and his glory's there, and his glory's at ShopRite, and his glory's at my job, and his glory's at the gym, and his glory's on the subway. His glory is everywhere. Wake it up. Fire it up. You can't do it unless you're on fire. Because immediately when you get up on Monday, the devil's going to try to put the fire out. He's going to throw cold water on it right away. You wake up and they're like, honey, could you make me breakfast? Make your own. Fire's out. <laughs> you go to the path train. You're standing in that place where the door usually goes. Door ends up over there. You go to go in. Some lady pushes you. Get out of my way. Fire's out. You get into the city, you're walking down, there's a guy there. He's like, I need money for food, please help me. You say, okay, here, I'll give this to you. Go to the truck over there, and get some. You give him the $10, he goes to the liquor store, fires out. See, the enemy wants to put your fire out. God wants to fire you up. He wants to set you on fire, you know why? Because he's good, good, oh. He wants to fire you up. So you can bring that fire everywhere you go. People need to be touched with that fire. People need to be cleansed with that fire. People need to be healed with that fire. I'm going to tell you right now. In Mark chapter 16, where he says, go preach the gospel to every creature. After that, it says, and then signs and wonders will follow you. I am not. <laughs> Me and Sandy had a great talk between the services. I believe in signs and wonders. I want signs and wonders. I want people to be healed. I want people to be blessed. Don't take me wrong on this. But the first priority is not signs and wonders. It's not healing. It's not prosperity. It is salvation. He says, go and preach the good news and the signs will follow. Too many of us are looking for signs. Listen to this. If there's a person here with cancer, okay, and we pray for them, and we have, and they get healed of cancer, and they don't get Jesus, are they better off? Well, they're better off for a short time. If there's a person here with cancer, and we lead them to the Lord, and they die tonight. Are they better off? Yep. Yep. Oh, try that again. <laughs> if there's a person here, and we give them a word of knowledge that's really awesome, but they don't have Jesus, is that word going to help them to heaven? If we give them a word of knowledge, and what we say doesn't come to pass, but they get saved, are they better off? Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting, isn't it? But this is the point. The word of knowledge is fantastic. The healing is great. The prosperity is awesome. God's miraculous power is great. It attracts people to him. It's wonderful. But without salvation, there were many people that we have prayed for that have been healed, delivered, set free, got a better job, but they didn't follow the Lord. Where is that going to leave them? doesn't matter 
doesn't matter. So our focus needs to be on salvation first. The signs and wonders follow that and confirm it. That's why when someone gets saved here before they get healed, we say, you know what, Lord? Show yourself to them. Show yourself to them. And I'm not going to say, listen, sometimes somebody comes up and we pray for them and they get healed and they're like, I want more of whatever that is. Hallelujah. But what is the priority? Salvation. That's it. Because it can be like that. The greatest miracle is not somebody who's on their deathbed that stays alive. The greatest miracle is somebody who's on their deathbed that gets life. Because anyone that doesn't have Jesus is on their deathbed. And until they cross over into life, they are dead. There's no fire burning. There's no goodness inside of them. And I want everybody to know here that I am not saying anything against gifts or healings. I am all for that. I want that. I need that. But we need to get our priorities straight. If we can't leave this church and lead somebody to Jesus, then why should we pray for them to get better in their body? Or why should we pray for their finances? The most important thing they need is Jesus. There shouldn't be an empty seat in this church. We are here to gather and to go, to gather and to go. But here's the great thing about signs and wonders. If you're on the line of ShopRite and somebody says to you, I got cancer, you can go like this, I can pray for you and you can be healed. Really? Why? How? Because Jesus Christ is my Savior. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And the hope of your glory, the hope of your healing, it's right here. But ladies and gentlemen, we need to go out of these walls. We have been called on a mission. And the first part of that mission is to lead people to salvation. And if you can't do it, just give them a card and tell them to come in and we'll get them healed. We'll get them delivered. We'll get them saved. We'll do whatever we have to do. But do your part. His mission, your decision. You know, our friend Jeff Bernstein is a funny guy. But he got a really powerful word from the Lord. Lord. And he said this. He said, and he wasn't talking to me in general. He says, has the church become a a, a cruise liner? Because the initial church was a fishing boat. He says, has it become a cruise liner? We have, you know, well, now I'm just doing my whole thing. We have the pool over here. You got the gym over there. You got the buffet where most Christians will be over here. You got. Or do we, let's bring them in. Let's bring them in. Let's bring them in. Are we fishing or are we cruising? Because it's so easy we could just become focused on the cruise ship. And let me tell you something, I'm not talking about you. I'm looking in the mirror. <laughs> I'm looking in the mirror. And this week, I'm like, oh, my God. This, you know, the, the pastors, we were out to eat the other day. Um, we were at the diner. And before I even got a chance, you just started talking to that waiter and said, can we pray for you, Pastor John? Because I was ready to do it because I was saying, I can't just preach this. I got to live this. Everybody is in the field as far as I'm concerned. 
everybody is in my mission field. It's like, oh, well, we support missionaries. North Brunswick needs a missionary. Edison needs a missionary. South Brunswick needs a missionary. Milltown needs a missionary. Middlesex County needs a missionary. This is our mission. We got to make a decision. Are we going to carry the message of the gospel, which includes healing, it includes blessing, but the number one thing it includes is salvation. It's the only thing we're bringing with us. It's the only thing that crosses into heaven. If we're heavenly minded, that's where our mind should be. Amen? Guys, I don't want to be a part of a cruise ship that just sort of goes through the water. Fishing boat's a lot more fun. You get seasick. You throw chum over the side. Sometimes you don't feel good. Sometimes you argue with each other. But in the end, when you catch, everybody wins games in the end. You ever notice that when people go fishing? And it's like when you get a big one. Listen, when they caught me, it was a big one. One guy was not able to pull that in. They were, the whole ship was like, let's get him, come on. Somebody said, get a hook, harpoon him. How many of you did they have to harpoon you into the church? Amen? Yeah, but there you go. Let's be real. Some of you got harpooned in here today. <laughs> Listen, when that fire touches you, you're clean, purged, the sin is burned away. And the great news about this fire that we carry is it will burn tumors. It'll burn sickness. It'll sizzle unbelief. It'll take care of all these things that we focus on if we just receive the fire, the gospel, into our lives and give it out. We are on a mission, but it's not alone. Verse 7, as we close up here, Isaiah chapter 6. So then Isaiah says this, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? I cannot tell you how amazing what we're hearing is right now. Isaiah got to hear the Trinity having a conversation. Us. Who will go for us? The Holy Spirit was there. Jesus was there. The Father was there. Who's going to go for us? It, like they don't know. But that's how God works. He woos you. He woos you. He talks and he sees if you're listening. Now, after he cleansed Isaiah, and those of you that have put your faith and trust in Jesus, guess what? You're cleansed. You've been purged. You can hear it. You can understand it. So Isaiah is there after he felt so bad, he's been touched with the fire, the fire that never goes out. He's fired up now, and now he hears a conversation. What might they be talking about in heaven? I'll tell you what. Who's going? Who, who's going to take this mission up? And they're talking like, who's going to do it? Knowing full well who's listening. I love how God does that. You know, when Jesus came and walked out to the water on the disciples, they were in the boat, it says that he was going to walk past them. Really. Like, we're in a jam, but you're going to walk by us. 
In other words, he's wooing you. Will you say, me? Because he doesn't make no robots. You know this new artificial intelligence where they're trying to make robots? God could have made robots a long time ago. Do you know that? He could have made little robots that praise him all day and do whatever he says. But that's not what he wanted because that isn't love. Even though I've had visions of my wife doing everything I want her to do, serving me night and day. Your vision is for you to serve me night and day? We have the same vision. Like sometimes we think that it would be great to control people, right? But you know what? In the end, we'd never experience real love. That's why God didn't make robots. He made people that have a choice. It's his mission, but it's your decision. So Isaiah's listening to this going on. Now he feels good about himself. Now he realizes that he's clean. He went from unclean to clean. And he was like, I I'll go. I can see him right now. He didn't go, here I am. Send me. <laughs> he was outside the doorpost of heaven. He heard God talking to himself, saying, who will go for us? And he was like, here am I. Send me. Here I am. Did you ever do that? Here I am. Send me. Send me. How many of you want to be sent by him? Because if he sends you, you can't fail. I said, if he sends you, you can't fail. You know why? Because he's with you. Listen, when he sent me to start this church and nobody came, it didn't matter to me because I knew he sent me. I knew he sent me to preach. I knew he sent me to teach. I knew he sent me to act like a burning person. I knew he, he sent me to take the fire I had from a life of sin, from a life on Wall Street, to burn for him every Sunday. Every Sunday. I want people to come here and say, I watched Pastor Joe burn, Pastor Joe burn today, but he wasn't scorched. I want to be on fire for God. And when we are all on fire for God, all the things that aren't of God, like sickness, disease, poverty, and lack, will be burnt from the midst of us. It'll be burnt away. The fire will touch us, but it won't burn us like the burning bush. God is an all-consuming fire, but he doesn't consume what's his. He consumes what he tries to put in our life. God doesn't consume himself. He doesn't consume us. He loves us. And some of us here today, we don't know Jesus. And we will be consumed. There's a different fire. It's the fire of hell. Yeah, it's real. And that fire never goes out. But that's not the kind of fire that God lights in you. That's a fire that just burns away what you don't need. The fire of hell burns everything. And it never stops. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, you've never been purged. So when you die, all you'll have is that. that. That call from the altar, the place of the altar is the place of exchange. 
Jesus took the fire so the fire couldn't hurt us. It could only set us on fire. I don't know about you. That fire is burning hot in me. And it's going to continue to burn. It's not going to stop at 1 o'clock on Sunday. It's going to continue. Amen? I just want to remind all of you that uh, we do have our newcomers luncheon after this service. Please come to that if you haven't. We're not going to talk long, two minutes, but it's more for you to have some fellowship, get to know us, so please come to that. But before we get to that, I want to make sure that everybody here knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So if you would bow your heads with me. Four people this morning walked to the front of this sanctuary, gave their hearts to the Lord. To me, that's better than someone with a tumor the size of a basketball getting healed, even though I want that too. But for four people to cross over yeah. from death to life, yeah. that's what matters. Right. But, I, but don't let me stop there. If you have a tumor, it's getting healed today as well. Because the fire of God will burn that. If you're sick, the fire of God will burn that. If you have fear and doubt, the fire of God will burn that away. See, when that all-consuming fire comes on you, it just consumes that which you don't need. And then you're just like a firebrand plucked out of the fire. So let's just say this prayer together. Listen, this might be your first time, it might be your 10th time, it doesn't matter. When I was 27, suicidal, depressed, high school dropout, I must have said the sinner's prayer 10 times because I wanted to make sure <laughs> that I was saved. So if it's your second time, it's okay. If it's your fifth time, it's okay. But if it's your first time, how much better to receive Jesus right now. So close your eyes, bow your head with me right now and say this. Say, Father... I know that Jesus is your son. He died on the cross for my sin. Three days later, you raised him from the dead that I could have life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Burn out the sin and set me on fire to a new life. I accept you, Jesus. I receive you, Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody keep your eyes closed, your head back for a moment. You said that prayer, you meant it. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior to know that you'll spend eternity with him. I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Amen. Is there anybody else? Hallelujah. There's about four hands up right now. Are there, is there anyone else? Let me give you another opportunity. If you wanted to raise your hand and you didn't, raise it right now. Thank you.